0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're dealing with hierarchies of holiness or hierarchies of strictness. And just as we got close to the end of the second chapter of Chagiga. We talked about different levels of immersion. If you immerse immerse yourself in a mikveh for chulin for eating ordinary food, that doesn't qualify you to eat maser and so on and so on through truma and holy things. And the next Mishnah, the last Mishnah of the chapter, goes on in the same style, but with another kind of... of, um, hierarchy of Tuma and Tara. And the Mishnah begins, mm-hmm. Bigdei hama'aretz midras la perushim. The garments of an ama'aretz are midras for perushim. And, gosh, we, we need to stop just for a second and decode that. Let, let's just stop and try to decode. Bigdei hama'aretz midras la And An Aretz is someone who's not really careful about um, about tuma and Tahara. I mean, it, it's used today in modern Hebrew as a sort of kind of insult An Amar Aretz is someone who doesn't know anything. But when the Mishnah talks about an Amma Aretz, the Mishnah is talking about someone who's really not careful about tumah and Tahara. So, for example, and he's not careful for, the, for that matter about Maaser. So, for example, when you buy food from an Amar you have to give... Truma and Marcel, because you assume that he has not given it before selling it to you. So it's someone who's not careful. So what is what are perushim? Let's have a look at the bartonura here. Just let's have let's skip. Let's not read the rest of the Mishnah. Let's have a look at the bartonura Perushim. The Bartenura says la They. Those who consume non-holy produce or only that um, uh, they produce, they, they consume ordinary chulin, ordinary produce, but in ritual purity. In other words, they're careful. They're careful about their tumah and tara all the time. So you could say they're the next level up and from Amaretz. They, they're people who are care, per lifrosh means to stay away from. Um, it's the same root as chastity. They're people who stay away from Tuma Antara. They're careful about Tuma Antara. So we understand now the Amha Aretz and the Perush. But what is Midras? day day, Aretz. The clothes of an Amha Aretz are Midras, La Perushim. What is this Midras that the clothes of the Amha Aretz represent to the Perushim? And... We can look at Jastro, and Jastro says he actually refers us to the root daras, which means to tread on something. It's something to do with treading or place that's trodden on. And Jastro says, "Look, it's Levitical uncleanness arising from a gonorrheist's immediate contact by treading or leaning." And again, this is a weird definition, but we, let, let's let's just try to go to the Mishnah and. There's a Mishnah in Zavim, which specifies more exactly what we're talking about. Hazav, Mutameh, Etamishkav, a Hazav. So someone who has an omission. This is what Jastros is talking about in terms of gonorrhea. The, the Mishnah is talking about, he's not necessarily talking about gonorrhea, but talking about someone who has an omission. Hazav, <laughs> Mutameh, and someone who has an omission um, makes something that he sits on or that he lies on, tummy. It makes it impure. And it, he makes it by, well, in five things, the Mishnah says. And that both renders people unclean and clothing unclean. And the five things are standing, sitting, lying, balancing and leaning. And then the Mishnah goes on to say that the object he's lied on also makes a person unclean and actually in seven ways now. In seven ways, we've got standing, sitting, lying, balancing, leaning, touching, and carrying. So we have first and second degrees of Tuma. So the Zav, the person with an omission, makes Tameh the object that he sits on or leans on or treads on. That's why it's called Midras. And then that that he is, a, if you like, a first degree Tameh, and that object then can make something else Tameh. And this kind of this this second order Tumah, is called midras because it's like touching. And now that we know that, maybe we can understand the Mishnah. So let's go back to the Mishnah. Big la perushim. the garments of an amaarets are midras la perushim, that is to say that the garments of an Amaret. So the garments of someone who's not careful about Tuma and Tahara. And we assume that he's kind of sat on those garments or lain on those garments. People go to sleep, right, in their in their clothes in the time of the Mishnah. Their la perushim, they they they're assumed that they might carry Tuma. And so a a Perush, someone who's careful. About Tuma and Tara wouldn't touch those. Or if he did touch them, he'd consider himself Tameh and he'd need to immerse at the end of the day. So he'd keep away from them. But the Mishnah continues. The garments of Perushim are Midras for those who eat Tuma. So if you're a, a Kohen, right? If you're a Kohen, you're going to eat Truma. So you keep yourself at a higher level of um, tahara than someone, an ordinary perush who's just normally careful about tuman tahara, and we're saying that the clothes of the perush are midras to someone who eats truma. The Mishnah continues; it's going to set out this hierarchy. Big day, truma midras la kodesh. The clothes of someone who eats trummer. this is an ordinary priest. Midras la Kodesh are midras for sacred things. Sacred things, in other words, things offered up on the altar, things that are really sacred. Trummer is not, is sort of, is moderately sacred. But, you know, every Kohen can eat trummer, whereas not every Kohen is offering up offerings on the altar. And the altar offerings are actually not the most sacred things. So, we the Mishnah goes on then with the next level, and we've seen this in previous Mishnayot. Big day kodesh midras lachatat. the garments of those who eat sacred things are midras for the waters of purification. This is code for people who deal with the waters of purification. In other words, the ashes of the red heifer that are prepared together with the water to sprinkle on people to make them pure after they've um, after they've come close to a dead person. So that's our hierarchy, Am um, Ha'aretz, Perushim, ochlei Truma, Ohle, Um Kodesh and Chattat. Um, people who don't care about Tumam Tara, people who care quite a lot, Kohanim who eat Truma, Kohanim who serve in the temple, and Kohanim who are dealing with the waters of purification. That's the hierarchy that the Mishnah is going to outline. That Mishnah does outline, and then the Mishnah goes on to say, Yosei ben Yose, Yosei ben Yose." He's one of the the pairs actually mentioned at the beginning of Avot and in our list of pairs at the beginning of the preview at the beginning of this chapter of Chagiga. Yosei ben Yose was the most has- the most chassid, the, has- the, has- the most pious person in the priesthood. There. Ve- and yet his apron or his handkerchief or some cloth he used, his kerchief, was midras for sacred things. In other words, he's very careful about how he behaved, but nevertheless, he wouldn't allow his um, his apron to touch something that was then going to get involved with offering up sacred things. Yochanan ben Guddana. Yochanan ben good Gadab, Yochanan ben good Kolyamav. all his life he used to eat with the love of purity for sacred things. So he kept himself as if he's a serving Kohen all his all his days. But his apron was Midras for the water of purification. So we maintain our hierarchy. We maintain this hierarchy. And that's how the second chapter. Of Hagiga closes, so we need we need to go to the temple. We need to bring these offerings, but there are certain rules about levels of levels of tumah and tahara and levels of care that we need to observe when we're in Jerusalem. And the the the, the Mishnah then goes on at the beginning of the third chapter to to outline. And if you'd like to carry on outlining hierarchies and we'll we'll just I think we've just got time for one more Mishnah. We, we, we can just about cover this Mishnah today. We'll see one more hierarchy. And, and by the way, this these hierarchies then continue through the, the opening Mishnah of the rest of the third chapter. So this is this Mishnah in the third chapter is just the introduction to another set of hierarchies baKodesh mi truma. We've got greater stringency with holy things than with truma. So we're going back down the hierarchy. Um, we're, we're, we're just exploring, if you like, the inner hierarchy between holy things and truma. These are both the domain of the priesthood. But we've said that any old priest can eat truma every day, but doesn't only he'll only serve in the temple one week in twenty-four. So greater stringency applies to Kodesh than to Truma. And now we're going to find out how. So if you're dealing with Truma, you can immerse vessels within vessels. So in other words, you've got two pots you're immersing. You can put one pot inside the other pot. And we're not worried in case, oh, I don't know, the two pots touch inside. Maybe the water of the mikveh won't. Get all the way around them as far as Trummer is concerned. We're not anxious about it. You can put a pile of pots one inside the other, you immerse them. It's fine for Trummer, but not for sacred things. The back and the inside, and the, the bait severe, it's it's the same rooted of as etzba, as finger. It's some kind of finger grip, maybe it's a little depression. In the vessel, the back and the inside of the finger grip, and this is of a vessel, um, are separate objects, be truma, the, the the back and the inside and the finger grip are separate things for truma. In other words, if one of them becomes tameh, it doesn't make the rest of the vessel tame. So if the outside of a vessel touches something which is tame, food inside isn't immediately contaminated, at least not as far as Truma is concerned. But not for sacred things. As far as sacred things are concerned, if there's something sacred inside that pot, even if something tamer attached the outside of it, the inside is considered contaminated. Someone that carries Midras can carry Truma. So we're thinking about maybe somebody carrying I don't know two pots in his hand so he's got something which is midras something which is impure in one hand he's got a pot containing truma in the other and I guess he 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 carries some um second order tumah from the midras that he's carrying but he can carry the outside of a pot and what is inside the pot is not is not affected if it's truma avalo et HaKodesh. But not not sacred things. You wouldn't carry midras in one hand and sacred things in the other. And the Gemara actually has, has a story about someone who um, he had a sandal that was tame, and I think the strap of the sandal broke, and he bent down and he put it on, picked it up and put it on top of a pot of with holy things, and then the lid moved and the sandal fell in the pot. One of these terrible accidents. And the thing, we don't, you don't want to run the risk of making holy things unusable. You'd have to burn them. So we separate these things out for holy. We, we separate out these holy things. Big day, ochley, truma midras la kodesh. The clothes of people who eat truma are midras for kodesh. So that's a quote. That from the previous Mishnah, the end of the previous chapter. And that, of course, maybe that's the link between these two Mishnayat. You know? And then we're going to summarize with, if you like, the general principle. And we've seen this before. The level or the measure for truma is not like the level for sacred things. For in the case of sacred things, we have to untie it, dry it. Immerse it and afterwards tie it. What are we talking about here? We're talking about something we want to immerse, and it might be according to the Rambam, it, it's a something like a bed which is made in multiple parts. And the Rambam is saying, look, no, you have to take these parts apart and dry them off, and then immerse them separately, and then put it together again. Maybe this is just a garment that is tied up with a belt, but again, the Mishnah is saying, look, you have to untie it all, separate it all to all and immerse it, in the case of Kodesh. But, uvi truma, in the case of truma, kosher kach In the case of truma, you can tie it all up, whether it's a bed or whether it's a garment, we're not quite sure, it depends on the commentators. But the point is you can tie it all up and then you can immerse the whole thing. And we're not worried that the knots in the garment or the tying up of the garment is going to invalidate the immersion